Hello, hello, and welcome back to the next episode of Virtually Legal. I hope you've all been enjoying our episodes, and today we're going to be talking about something slightly different, um, what to wear, when and where. So a little while ago, we did a poll on our LinkedIn, and we had three categories. Um, 46 votes went to fully suited and booted, two to it isn't a fashion show, and seven take your parents to work, clothes to work. What did so you vote we- for, Abby? I voted for It Isn't a Fashion Show, I think. I voted for It Isn't a Fashion Show, but actually, looking back on it, the amount I steal my mum's blouses, I probably should have voted (laughs) for Just Steal Your Parents' Clothes. Today, we have a guest, Sarah, on. And Sarah, do you have an insight into these results? Yeah, so I'm a a recent graduate from Queen Mary, studying law as well. And throughout sort of that process, and even beforehand, I had some experience uh, at uh, an internship at a magic circle firm. I've been in chambers, I've been in court, and I've also done some volunteering. So I'm quite intrigued to see what you guys also think about sort of these differences in different environments as well. But I've definitely voted fully suited and booted um, with some caveats, as any lawyer would say, of course. (laughs) I think that's the best way to describe it. Depends on the situation. And booted. But sometimes I feel I fail. But um, yeah, so I guess we picked this topic really because we were discussing in an earlier episode how much your first impression has an impact and influence on whether you think someone thinks that you're right for the job. And actually making an impression is formed within the first seven seconds of meeting someone. And obviously, within the first seven seconds, you may have had a chance to say hello and how are you. But other than that, the only thing they can judge you on is your outfit. So we thought this was a really sort of interesting topic. Yeah, I think we were all a bit um, conflicted about like how much it should matter. And definitely, does it matter more for girls than for boys, maybe? Um, and like, really, should that be the case? And if we eventually agree, is it the case, then great, how do we proceed and how do we make the most out of this situation? Yeah, but I think you made a really good point, Abby, which I don't think it it should actually be a judgment on any of your capability. But I think, you know, dressing sort of according to, I guess, fitting in with the pack will show a bit that you're aware of the environment that you're in and sort of how to navigate it, as well as, you know, presenting yourself to client. Do you know who your client is and do you know what they're expecting from you as an individual, you know, representing their company? Um, and I think sort of that should be the focus. I do definitely think that there are also uh, ways to go for these companies to show their front feet in terms of being diverse and all of the other things in, uh, when sort of considering what people are wearing and, and even beyond just clothes in terms of accessories, hair, even what brands you're wearing. So I hope we'll see some changes in that. Obviously, it's also, I think, a lot about it. Turning up to an interview, obviously you don't want to look scruffy. So it's also about showing that you care enough to the employer that you've made an effort to stand out, make a good impression. And I think that's probably quite a lot of it is just the fact that you do show I don't again is this correct or not but the way you dress and the way you present yourselves is a reflection of how much effort and how much um 
like how much effort you carry. I know this sounds bad and I sort of rambled here, but it's like, would you ever turn up to a date looking you're not your best self, a first date? No. No. Why would and you you're trying to, to date interview? this company. You're yeah. trying to date this company. You're trying to wine and dine the hell out of this company. <laughs> I remember, do you guys remember a couple of months ago when the M the Labour MP, Tracy Brabin, wore that off-the-shoulder dress in Parliament and she was in some serious hot water for that. And, um, like, on the one side, she was really, really criticised for it, but then loads of people came to her defence and just said, why the hell should it matter? And definitely you're making such a big deal out of it because she's a woman. I, I'm sure people were making more of a big deal out of it because she was a woman, but actually that's not to say that men haven't come under similar criticism. I mean, Jeremy Corbyn is... Um, like hounded for his appearance for his appearance and looking scruffy and i think those two examples of a male and a female it might often be slightly more important for the women and i think we are often more judged for our appearance but i think that kind of shows that people do really take it into account and it's not something we can just brush off definitely but i think the angle is important that um wearing sort of there's a difference between looking scruffy and possibly unprofessional as opposed to, you know, wearing something that shows a bit of shoulder. I think that there's a sort of fear about women's bodies that was sort of perpetuated there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's definitely something to consider in terms of, you know, how conservative should I be? Also because I feel like you would feel more comfortable possibly not, you know, wearing a crop top with, you know, a low V um, <laughs> to an interview. <laughs> Obviously men still have considerations such as like do I wear a tie do I not do I like wear a button-up top again do I not bright socks we had a like you can always have a big discussion about but I know for me I literally sit I might do I wear heels do I not skirt dress I've definitely seen a lot of news stories about like women being sent home for not wearing heels and stuff but actually for me personally it's just never something that would cross my mind I just don't really enjoy wearing heels unless it's in like a night out context and even then I'd actually shy away from it I um, hate them. so yeah, yeah I think I'd just go no heels all the way and if you are going to wear heels I'd advise like make sure you break them in wear them around the house when no one's watching just so you you can like gauge how comfortable they are because like the, for example the walk from the train station to the office might be longer than you think and you don't want to be limping and have like blisters by the time you yeah. get there. If you and just bought the entire a new interview, pair of heels. just thinking about the gnarly pain rather than yeah, what you're about to, to say. Once. I think also just to pinpoint with the heels point, I only wear heels if you want to wear heels, not because you feel that you have to wear heels. And same with breaking them in with any shoe. Like just make sure you break in your shoes before you're you comfortable go in what you're wearing. I remember I not in a legal context but I literally went on to an interview at Debenhams and the whole day was basically showed you around the store and I hadn't broken in my shoes and I literally walked away and I just had blood pouring from my feet I was <laughs> like that's just I don't think I remembered a single thing that they said the whole day because all I could think about was trying not to cry you know how different firms have different dress policies and some will have like a dress down Friday, um, some of them will be super suited and booted like we said, but then some of them have this kind of halfway house where you can dress casual unless you're seeing a client kind of thing. 
if you are on a vacation scheme, say you were there for two weeks, how do you think you should dress throughout those two weeks? Do you think you should stay really smart the whole time, even if people in your office aren't dressed that smart? Or do you think you should kind of temper what you're wearing to fit within your team and kind of the policy of the firm? I think starting off suited and booted, uh, definitely, and then sort of tempering. I think the first day is it's crucial to be, you know, looking your absolute best and you want to make the best impression. And uh, mm. But I think there's also an element of even if you're staying quite well-dressed to invite influences to show a bit more of your character and personality because at a VAC scheme, unlike an interview, they know, they've, they've taken you in because they know that you could do this and they want to see your personality and see you you know, essentially showing off that you can do this and sort of proving them right. And part of that, I think, is allowing yourself to become more of a part of the, both the group, but also showing a bit more of your own personality in terms of how you dress. I do. I I do agree. And I think we were also talking about this, Molly, the other day about how to stand out. And I think with a maybe like a cute pocket square or like a bright, like a slightly different tie or even like a headband you could as long as it's professional do show your personality like if a firm is really interested in culture diversity and actually bringing different personalities to the workforce that shouldn't ever be an issue in the same way should you do like dress down Fridays I think maybe ask trainees but I don't see why you shouldn't I think you should I think it shows a bit of awareness because I think Otherwise, you might just feel that feel like that kid that your school's had a non-uniform day and you showed up in your like your uniform <laughs> and you just feel a bit like out of place. You know, there's also a, a limit, I think, particularly in big, um, more commercial law firms of sort of how casual you go, even on, like, a, on a dress down Friday. Like dress yeah. down as in like don't wear a tie, but still wear a shirt. And I guess this is like another question um, that sort of goes on to another aspect, such as like law firms. How much should you dress up? Should you dress down? Can you go in gym stuff? I've had all these questions myself. Mm. I know I've had this. I think I think it kind of depends what you want to get out the law fair. When we were speaking about this before, because I had um, I've had a bit of an issue previously where I was in um, a sports team and we trained really regularly um so and those like my small events would often clash with law events so I would often be coming from one and going straight to the other and vice versa um so I kind of had the question if I've got a training practice or a match or something um that I don't want to miss like the whole two hours of it is it acceptable to turn up to a law fair in your gym stuff and I think we kind of we kind of came to the conclusion that it depends on what you want to get out of it. If you want to go and speak to a specific firm and you're inevitably going to be making an impression with that firm, then it's probably not acceptable and doesn't give a very good impression. But if you're just going to kind of like mill about and get a general idea of how these things work, etc., it might you might be able to fly under the radar a bit more. I, I would echo that, I think. Um, exactly, like dress for what your intention is. And I think um, another thing is at a law fair, maybe even even more so than in a VAC scheme, you know, where people, recruiters and, and pe- representatives of the firm are meeting, you know, possibly hundreds of students in the same day. Maybe if you are wearing f- 
let's say for a woman wearing a, a nice, you know, office skirt and sort of maybe a bright yellow blouse, I think it's, um, you can almost make a joke of it, of being like, and now you can remember me, I'm the bright yellow top girl. And, <laughs> and sort of, I think, again, it's it's a way to to put your best foot forward and it's not in gym stuff, but maybe not fully suited and booted uh, because you might not want to wear that the whole day at university. That's so funny. When I used to um, like apply for sports teams and stuff when I was younger, I remember my um, my coach said, okay, you're going to this trial and there's going to be hundreds of people there. So make sure you wear something that helps you stick out. So then at the end of the day, when they're reviewing everyone, they can go, oh, that girl with the funny socks or like, oh, that girl with the braided hair or something like that. Um, And that advice has actually kind of stuck with me. And I don't know how well it works in a legal, more professional context, but I have, like, for example, this pearl headband, and sometimes I'll wear that, and my thinking is kind of that maybe at the end of the day they'll go, oh, that girl with the pearl headband, and it'll be, like, a little way to remember you. But I also think... I definitely went to law fairs in first year with a different outlook slash purpose than I did in second year. And again, I'll be going this year to the law fair in a very serious manner. But (laughs) I think obviously first year, it is a bit of your, you're a bit. You're finding your feet. Anyway, you're, yeah, like you said, you're finding your feet. So Sarah, can you tell us a bit about your experiences um, and the difference between being in courts versus being in a law firm? Like, how's the vibe different? What What are the different expectations on you? I think, again, it's it's about looking for who the client is. And obviously in courts or even in volunteering roles or even at any government job, I think your client is the general public to a larger extent. And so um, smart, dressing smart, isn't necessarily on the same par of fully suited and booted as you would be expecting in, in a law firm with large commercial clients. So I definitely think there's more leeway to sort of dress a little bit more, not necessarily casual, but a little bit less extravagant. And sort of, um, you know, even if you work with certain government agencies, their policy is like shorts and a polo, uh, and that's fine office wear. And so if you're working with that kind of a client, you can also dress, you know, maybe in, in chinos and a tucked in shirt, but not necessarily a, um, a tie and the blazer. Oh, so it's quite, it's like very, very specific. Yeah. If you're going to be in front of a judge or being around QCs and things, I think fully suited and booted, but the less personality, the better from what yeah. I noticed. <laughs> I wanted to say, I wanted to say conservative, but I don't mean conservative. I want to say traditional, I think is the best way, is the best word to court a traditional and stick to like traditional clothing, basic colours. I even found it's much more smart, much more smart. It is much smarter in um, the Crown Court compared to magistrates and you can get away with different casualities um, as such. Um, I don't know if you found that, Sarah, or not. but No, I, I definitely would. I, I mean, I worked at the county courts, but then once you walked closer to the Court of Appeal, you'd see the barristers in even more extravagant, or sort of, you know, even more formal um, wear. So I would definitely echo that. And I think it's another fun exercise if you want to be a, a barrister or interested in sort of the advocacy part of it. If you're sitting at the back of courts to to even look at what the advocates are wearing and sort of how that changes in terms of your client and your judge. 
So I think we've talked quite a bit about like what you're actually wearing to these things, but then let's hone in on kind of the finer details and actually more of the aesthetics, like how much makeup you're wearing. Is there a correct way to do your hair? And does that reflect um, the law firm's policy on diversity and inclusion? In terms of makeup, I would always say, you know, keep it quite simple. But I would also, if Trump has taught us anything, it's <laughs> don't wear fake tan when you are yeah. going to an interview or a back scheme or anything like that. I just think with makeup, wear as however much you feel comfortable with, but don't overdo it. Don't wear your night out face to an interview. Yeah, but if wearing makeup my makes you feel confident, the same as an interview. And then um, on the topic of hair, something that um, I thought was interesting was about um, how you should do your hair, whether you should have it up, down, what's kind of presentable. And then kind of more importantly was conversations about um, whether people are able to have their natural Afro hair, because I know a lot of companies, I mean, very wrongly have deemed that to be unprofessional. And I think there's kind of countless stories about people being asked to wear weaves to kind of blend in a bit more with Western culture. I think it's a horrible thing that companies are sort of projecting their super Eurocentric ideas of what's professional in that way. And I definitely think if a company, because most of them are claiming to have these diversity policies and things like that. So I definitely think, I think maybe even it's a question worth asking for people in an interview, you know, when you're asking about, you're allowed to ask about the firm and saying, you know, what's your policy on uh, on hair or professional hair, particularly if you have a less Eurocentric sort of hair type. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know, my Western friends with really curly hair, whether they should be trying to straighten it or put it up or things like that so that it looks, and I'm using this as very sarcastic quotation marks, but um, professional. I I also think on this, like we were saying, feel free to ask the question. If that, it says a lot about a firm's culture and they're actually, see if they're actually really into diversity, bringing in other cultures and actually diversifying their firm if they really care about what, how you wear your hair. I would just like to add a super, super quick note in terms of uh, interviews. I personally twiddle with my hair a lot and, you know, like stroke it and turn it around my fingers or whatever and it's so distracting in an interview so I always have to put it up and make sure it sort of looks neat partly because then I don't need to worry about it as I arrive to the interview and or also because it makes me look I look calmer and more collected and more confident because I won't be touching it so I think that's sort of a little trick to keep yourself calm in interviews as well that's Just a good put it point up. um so we've been talking a lot about what you should wear and how you should present yourself but obviously if you are looking for a job um, particularly as a law student that means you are probably unemployed and don't have loads of money to be spending on buying a new outfit for every day of your vacation scheme and obviously there's no expectation on you to. Um, Usefully we had one of our listeners message us called Sophie Donnelly and she wanted yeah quick shout out to Sophie And she wanted to let us know about a company called Smartworks, which does something I think is completely ingenious and actually really kind of solves this problem of wanting to look smart, but maybe not being able to invest in an outfit that you're not going to use that much. 
Um, so Smartworks is a UK charity that provides high quality interview clothes and interview training to unemployed women in need. They currently have eight centres around the UK in London, Edinburgh, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Newcastle and Reading. And basically what they do is they harness the power of clothing and confidence to allow women to be their best selves at the most crucial moments in their lives. So you come in, you have an appointment and they kind of give you a styling appointment and then they give you an interview outfit which you're able to keep. So I thought that was a really nice idea actually. I agree. I think they're doing incredibly important work. That's awesome. Mm, yeah, I love that. They have 350 trained volunteers across the UK, so they're huge. And, and donations um, from like high street firms to high street firms, high street shops, sorry, to people. Yeah, so just the donations are from individuals and retailers. So it's definitely not something that should be viewed as kind of like a charity shop or anything like that. Like. This is a really professional outfit and they are going to um, suit and boot you, for want of a better phrase. I think that's a good place to close it up. So, Sarah, do you have any specific closing thoughts? I'm going to go back to a buzzword and just say, you know, if you want to show commercial awareness, I think this is an easy place to start, an easy way to prepare to make sure that you're showing that firm or that chambers or that workplace generally you know who their clients are and you know what they're expecting from you. Thank you so much to Sarah for coming in to speak to us today on the show. It was really, really great to have you on. I think the episode definitely had the potential to be a little bit surface level given what we were talking about. But actually, by the end of it, I think there was a lot more substance to it. And what you're wearing definitely kind of goes beyond what you're wearing. Um, so we asked Sarah to reflect back on the episode and she summed it up really nicely for us. So she said, deciding what to wear and when goes beyond your clothes and forces you to consider choices like how to wear your hair and what colour socks to put on, as if interviews and work experiences aren't stressful enough. But beyond the stress are opportunities to show your personality, indicate your commercial awareness and challenge the company's values. In true lawyer fashion, this talk had a bit more it depends scenarios than actual rules to tell you how to do it. But hopefully you'll come away considering how you can empower yourself through how you dress within the law. Thank you so much to Sarah for getting involved. We hope you enjoyed the episode and catch us again in two weeks time.